Welcome to the Just Begin podcast where we speak to people who just begin and all things business, motivation, wellness, and so much more because you never know who you might meet, so just begin. Hello and welcome back to the Just Begin podcast. If you're new here, I'm Melly Diaz and I'm the editor-in-chief and co-founder of Just Begin magazine. I appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. Um, before we get into the interview with Isa, the founder of Miami Beach Bum, I want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who has shown support for our 20th edition. We launched last week and have gotten such an amazing response from all of our readers and some personal messages I've received saying like they can see the difference in um, our previous issues and that's really was the goal of this whole change in releasing issues, um, you know, seasonally. So I'm really happy to hear all the feedback I've gotten and it really means so much, truly. And so in other news, what I wanted to come on here in the um, intro of today's episode, we are planning to host our first ever Just Begin conference in June. I know. It's been challenging to plan and coordinate, but we're getting there. And I'll soon release all the details on social and everything. I just, before I release all those, the date and how to sign up and all that, I'm still finalizing our speakers. And if you are someone who's listening to today or you know a person that would be willing to share their story with our community or you think could be a really good speaker please reach out to me on my social or email me at info at justbeginmag.com so we can see if they'd be a good fit or if you're a good fit we're looking into getting some speakers some panel discussion um, speakers as well and yeah so my goal for the just begin conference is to bring what we do in the magazine to life so what do i mean by that as in the speakers sharing how they just began, their stories in, you know, in business, life, wellness, all those things. And, you know, panel discussions on wellness and business. And that's another angle as well. And simply the opportunity for our community of women to network. I think it's so important as women for us to, you know, continue to collaborate and speak with other women and build each other up and have the opportunity for us to share our stories in business and you know for us to just help each other grow so that's my goal when it comes to the comes to the just begin conference I really want to have you know bring the magazine to life and have all these different sections that are in the magazine kind of at play in the conference so it's going to be really exciting. As I said, all the details will be soon released, but I figured I'd just give a little sneak peek in the today's episode and kind of go over what's happening. And if you listen to my solo episode that I released that says like all about my career and backstory, you know that I used to be an event planner and I owned my own event company. So this brings me back to my past career and I, rem- and I remember now how much work and how stressful events are, but what's different this time, though, is that it's my event, you know, my community, just begin event, and I get to be as creative as possible with it, and I'm just so excited for all the work to come into fruition and all the ideas that I have to, like, 
finally be there in that moment and experience it. I know I'll probably be super stressed and hopefully I can not feel that way. But if you are someone who's listening who has hosted an event, you know what I mean. Like it's, you're always going to be a little stressed, but I think that's okay, you know? So, so yeah, so all that information will soon be released. And, you know, if you are someone who has any ideas or, you know, want to help out or contribute in helping during the event, please let me know. Um, There are paid opportunities as well. So please email me at info at justbeginmag.com or send me a DM on my personal Instagram or the Just Begin Instagram. Either or is fine. So now that I've given you the update on everything, let's get into today's guest. Her name is Isa and she is the founder of Miami Beach Bum. And we get into all the details of how she launched her own skincare brand and, you know, her background in being a marine scientist and how that played a huge factor in the developing of her products. And so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And one more thing, if you want to purchase um, after listening, you're going to want to purchase some of their products. Use the code JUSTBEGIN10 for a discount on their website and you can get 10% off um, one of their products. And so, yeah, let's get into today's episode. First off, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time for, you know, speaking to me today and joining the Just Begin podcast. I'm a huge fan of Miami Beach, but I have my products. Me? Um, I, I'm a, I have the the body cream mint, the Ski Bum. This is what this one's called, right? Ski Bum or just the face one is Ski Bum? Just the face one's the Ski Bum because it's like a thick, hydrating yeah, facial moisturizer. Yeah, I have that one too. And that's our bum and body cream and the mint and the mint version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just because I go by I got the two blue ones and I just because I'm obsessed with the mint. my favorites too. Yeah, I, can't, like, I sometimes I just open it and smell it. <laughs> just to smell it. It's so good. But um, yeah, like I said earlier, I love your products and I'm a huge fan. And so I was really excited to speak to you directly just to kind of learn about your story and how you started Miami Beach Bump, because I know that you're also a marine biologist or scientist, if you can clarify a bit. You're, before you started Miami Beach Bump, what did you do? Yeah, so before Miami Beach Bump, um, my background for undergrad and graduate schools in marine science, which I get marine biologists all the time, because that's, that's what we think when we think marine science. Yeah. We jump right to that, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up, marine mm-hmm. biologist? Um, yeah. My path was a little more boring. I did a lot of chemistry and engineering. Mm. Um, So in grad school, I did a lot of research and infrastructure projects in coastal communities, mainly in the equatorial region. Um, I didn't see a path for me staying in academia. Um, As we all know, science funding is super limited, and it basically only comes from the NSF. Um, And it's very like, we have money for this. So a lot of the things I wanted to do, there just wasn't funding for. So I left grad school and went into engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked on coastal engineering projects here in Miami. I've been in Miami since 2009 and I decided I did not want to leave. So I worked as a dredging engineer on the Port of Miami expansion. 
which goes a little bit against my conservationist beliefs because it really destroyed a lot of the seagrass and coral mm-hmm. um, that we have here in Miami yeah. or whatever's left of it. Yeah. So I actually switched and started working for the engineering firm that was doing the restoration projects oh, wow. for the Port of Miami expansion. Um, so kind of rebuilding those coastal ecosystems, which eventually really turned into the ongoing work of canal restoration throughout mm-hmm. South Florida and writing like stormwater pollution prevention plans, really just like dry, boring stuff in a man dominated industry. Yeah, I was and- say, how was, what was that like being such a, like a male dominated industry and you're a woman in it. And you're also, you're probably pretty young, fairly young at that point too. So yep. what was that like? Even probably <laughs> more than the gender for me was, the age again like coming from just a school and a mindset of like I'm in science and doing things with the environment because I want to restore it and I'm a conservationist uh, and I want to make it better they were just we don't really care about these ideas like we're in it for like the money and the projects and here's where it is and it was just very like cut and dry and I was like I don't like a whole nother story but if we think about the canal systems in south florida and draining the everglades like and how we've manipulated our movement of water here it's it's like the worst thing for our, our local yeah. ecosystem so i was just like like this is so unfulfilling i don't see mm-hmm. a path here yeah um and we all know the job market in miami is horrible so i said you yeah. know what it's it's now or never i had like a little bit of savings from working a few years after grad school Mm-hmm. And it was the moment when CBD was starting their hemp pilot programs. Okay. So I said, I'm going to get a part of this because I know I can't lose my money. I was like, this yeah. industry is so small that like there has to be growth. And at the time people were really scared to get involved because in the beginning, I think a lot of people were like, how do I do this legally? Like, you know, weed's not legal here. So it's CBD. Mm-hmm. So um, I started there formulating consumer products in the health and wellness space for CBD and distributing mm-hmm. my own line. But I didn't have passion for it, but I really used mm-hmm. it for a year as a platform to learn how to start a business. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the little things yeah. you never think about as a scientist. Yeah. Um, and but, from there, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say from that point, when did you know, okay, I want to start my own beauty line? and start formulating your own products, even though you, yeah. you did have some in a CBD space, but now more so a beauty line where you can creams and topicals and all that. I just want to get into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I, what I loved about beauty mm-hmm. um, was that you could really make a brand name and people, while they love the products, there's also this brand affinity. There's mm-hmm. some brands out there with not so great products, but the, the marketing and the brand affinity is so strong. Yeah. So I love that there was that uniqueness of I'm not just going to be labeled by this product category. Like I have the ability to really create something, a whole vision, a whole lifestyle. Um, I've always suffered from folliculitis on my bum. I'm like a very active water sports guru or whatever you want to yeah. call it. And <laughs> from being in like wet bathing suits and getting that bacterial overgrowth in my pores, I, yeah. I always had the most horrible but acne rashes. So for me, the bum and body cream was really the crux of the brand. I formulated this product before I even knew like where the branding or future products would Mm -hmm. go. 
And it was really about solving, kind of identifying this niche of, you know, back in 2018, body care was still kind of on the DL. People weren't yet mm-hmm. treating their body routines like their face yeah. or even spending the money on their body care products. So um, I formulated the Bum and Body Cream, literally starting, I think you can even see this aloe plant yeah, <laughs> in I my backyard. How did you, what was it like? Um, formulating your products because you know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are the audience members are people who want to start a business or like in the process of starting one so I think it's really cool to like just kind of learn like how did you okay what's the next step like how did you learn to start this or um, what did it take to formulate this you know cream absolutely Um, so I literally started just by like pairing simple ingredients together when I was like, you know, aloe, I mean, it's like a wonder plant. You can use it for everything. And then too, with um, oregano, which I love to ingest. And I have like an herb garden here. So I literally in the most basic form was combining like aloe and oregano and rubbing it on my butt. And I was like, this works. Um, (laughs) And then came, okay, now I want to make a shelf stable, like cream that I can sell as a consumer product. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that from my science background is I really do all the R and D for Miami beach bum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is that for someone who doesn't know. So R and D is research and development. So mm-hmm. I guess most people would probably start by looking at the market in general and finding what other people are doing and finding their niche maybe in a more systematic marketing smart research way. Yeah. <laughs> I really just jumped into like, I can't find something. Oregano is super, I, like I'm going to assume it's super unique and just kind of went off running of making my yeah. own formulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a very like proprietary way that I like to break down skin science into our formulations. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you more about that. It's like, we have a very community facing way that we like to express it so it's super digestible Mm -hmm. yeah I would love for you to go into that a little more yeah so for us because for me the product standard is huge like I want to make a product that the market needs and that there's a market Mm -hmm. niche and not just you know another body care product yeah not just another one and I could tell this when I first put it on when I went to the store to try and I was like these are amazing like the way they smell I've never like like you sometimes there's like that very synthetic fragrance, but I know that these are no synthetic fragrances. That's all like essential oils or it's derived from the plant. The Maggie explained to me a little better. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. So yeah. Yeah. We like to use all natural ingredients being vegan, cruelty-free, and then the big one problem solving. So yeah. when I break down skin health from literally like the top down thinking of your skin, mm-hmm. So first, when I formulate, I like to think about pH, and this is really for your acid mantle. The acid mantle is that like thin layer on the surface of your skin, and it helps your act as like a barrier to any outside pathogens or bacteria, viruses, contaminants that might affect your skin health or, you know, cause a disruption to the ecosystem. So mm-hmm. all of our products are at a 5 to 5.5. They're slightly acidic. This keeps mm-hmm. that acid mantle intact. It fortifies it, and it really is what protects the skin barrier. And I know I'm throwing out some 
words, but I feel like in these past few years, they've yeah. become very mainstream. So yeah, people are now like, I, I never really was so into skincare before. I just honestly didn't know. Like I just knew like moisturize, clean your face, whatever. And when you think back of like all the products that used to be in the past, like those scrubbers, like the St. Ives, like what we would do is so horrible. And now I'm like, just learning as I go and, you know, implementing new ways. But yeah, I think everyone now is way more aware of like, okay, the skin barrier, yeah. how to protect it and all that stuff. Yeah. So next when I formulate, I really take the skin barrier in mind, mm-hmm. um, you know, that whole outermost portion of your skin. And this is really where your skin's protecting its ecosystem and it's, it's locking in that moisture or losing that moisture. So when I look at the base of the formulation, which is, you know, the first few ingredients, you'll see we use um, aloe. It'll say water and aloe because we use a aloe extract that needs water to like blend it back into an aloe gel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was super important for me because you're going to see a lot of brands using water, but maybe it's not like actually purified. It's tap water or, oh, and then the next common ingredients are going to be a ton of alcohols and yeah. why that's super cost effective for the company um and they get a really cheap formula and product that they can put out it's it's not ideal for skin health at all so for me it's huge to have that like thick base of aloe or using you know sunflower oil or shea butter jojoba oil and and getting all those super rich hydrating healing soothing ingredients as the base um super expensive (laughs) but on the other hand it's what gives it that amazing absorption keeps that skin barrier intact and is a huge part of our product, the bum and body cream, because it's Sue's. So it's also thinking like my hero ingredients, almost never going to be my main ingredient. So what are these base main ingredients that Mm -hmm. are really important to me that help my product, you know, serve its purpose. And, um, you know, I I find it super important. And then the third is that microbiome, which I know everyone's heard about now that, that natural ecosystem of bacteria, Mm -hmm. yeast and fungus that really, guards against pathogens. And, and this is where your skin health is really determined. And if you have that good acid mantle, right pH skin barrier, like plumped, hydrated, intact, then that microbiome so much easier to keep in homeostasis and keep it balanced. So, and just using our bomb and body cream as example, but all of our products follow this. We use ingredients that are very good at, um, balancing the microbiome and bringing it back to its healthy, natural state. So that's why like oregano is our key ingredient in the bum and body cream, which is what you're smelling a lot. Yeah. So you know, we pair it with mint. Yeah. <laughs> we pair mm-hmm. it with a little bit of mint so it's a little more palatable for people because oregano mm-hmm. can be uh Yeah, I know it, it could be I when someone who's like maybe not knowledgeable in oregano, like for me when I saw oregano, I was like, I need this because I know that oregano is like so um antimicrobial I think that's the word where it's like really good because I take um oregano supplements every day and I know like how important they are so when I saw that I was like this is the one like I love it and so my next question now because I I see that you've put in like so much work and there's so much thought into this one you know product of yours so what were like any challenges that you faced when starting the business or even just developing products because I know that the cost must be so much so like what was any challenges that you faced in that area of starting it? Yeah. Um, I think a huge challenge for a lot of people before I break, break down, like what was for me, like Mm -hmm. for me, creating the products, almost 
the easy part and everything else is the difficult. But I think for people who want to break into the beauty industry, it's, it's so crowded that, you know, beyond needing that authentic marketing story to really find this unique niche where your product can break through, I think is huge. So if, you know, if you're white labeling, it's almost like that product doesn't stand a chance. So it's, it's yeah. really having to be a chemist who can see the holes or working with, you know, leading labs and chemists yeah. who are already in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, that's the challenge is making that product that's a superior standard that doesn't already exist because in such a crowded market, customers, it's going to be hard to sell something. I always say, if you're making a face cream as your hero product, it's the hardest thing to sell because there's so many face creams that Mm -hmm. do so many things, some not so good for skin health, but there's a lot of already really great face Mm -hmm. creams on the market that people are super like, that's no one ever had an issue finding a face cream they like. (laughs) I feel like as consumers now, we're much more smarter then once we're like, we're very much aware now of like, okay, we're looking at the ingredients. What are you doing? And like, and I think, you know, people want like a brand story. They want to know the products. And I think Mammy Beefham does a beautiful job at showcasing it truly. Um, Your, your feeds, your Instagram, your website, everything looks so nice. And I feel like I totally understand since I am in Miami and going into the store was so fun to like actually physically see the products. So that's like, you know, selfish of me, I get to live here. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who's not here, I still think you do a great job in showcasing it. And like, unlike some other yeah. things that you said where people white label and stuff, it's like, how are you, how do you expect to stand out? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then for me, some other really big challenges, mm-hmm. there's two big ones that come to mind. One's talent. In the beginning, you're going to freelance, but these mm-hmm. agencies and freelancers, like they don't, they don't have that vision with you. It's uh, yeah. that inevitably that burn insurance culture is there. They're going to be excited in the beginning and then new clients are going to come and they're going to slack. And when you're really building something, it's a, it's a, it's a 24 seven job. Mm-hmm. So finding talent in Miami has been super hard. People who actually have these skill sets of, you know, email marketing or social media or, mm-hmm. you know, sales or graphic design, what be it, who are willing to work for a brand full time. So that's yeah. been super hard. So I guess this is even like a resume call. <laughs> We're not actively actually hiring, but it's always mm-hmm. good to, to, to see who's out there and like willing to work. Yeah. Cause I think what they say, we're in this like time of great resignation and I know we're feeling it. Um, yeah. And then two is this changing digital landscape. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just finding, you know, specifically speaking in marketing terms of, okay, I have this product. How mm-hmm. am I going to sell it? And inevitably the cheapest way to the consumers D to C in social media ads at first. Mm-hmm. And you almost need that before you can break into a retailer or other, re- you know, mm-hmm. platforms. And it's, it's not just coming up with a campaign that gets you a good return on your ad spend once and thinking that's going to live forever it's it's doing it like week over week month over month and digital content is consumed so quickly 
And then when you have like Facebook, who's like, oh, no longer access to your data. And you're like, oh, I need to pivot. Or you put out this great campaign and it was working, but then 20 of your competitors copied it. So now you're just kind of lost in the sea. And so it's, it's, you know, it's constantly innovating and coming up with new winning strategies. And that's, that's what we spend most of our time doing. Yeah. And so what was it? I, cause I'm so interested in, um, I love seeing like the branding side of things. Like, that's like my favorite thing. Like I love seeing like logos and design aspects. What was it like, you know, finalizing your brand design or your brand identity? I think it's such yeah. like, an interesting question because I love this and I think other people do too. And just like finalizing, like, what was your idea? Like, okay, I want these pastel colors. Was there ever like another logo in the beginning or has it always been this one? Have you gone through phases? Totally. Yeah. As I said, I, I, I had the product before I had the brand and yeah. I believe I had the product in like June of 2018. And oh, it, wow. t- it took me four months just to come up with the name. Yeah. And I remember I was like on a kite boarding trip in Brazil like mm-hmm. and we stopped over at this hotel in the middle of nowhere and I was just like because I used to try to be like how can I be doing this when I should be working I'd be like I'm brainstorming yeah <laughs> and it just it, one day it just clicked I was like my husband boyfriend at the time was like you know taking the Instagram photos of me and I, my like bum was hanging out of my bathing yeah. suit and I was like oh like Miami Beach bum like you know all the under bums of the shorts you see around it. Miami yeah. so it was definitely, and from there, I'm not a designer. I was doing things shoestring. I kept it like super simple. Like, mm-hmm. let's just get an art deco letters together. You know, the little bum, that little Miami mm-hmm. under bum is the, is the logo. And we mm-hmm. picked two colors and ran with it for a really long time. Um, this past July, I hired like my first official in-house, like real graphic designer who, mm-hmm. who he's even, it's evolved. We, I, I won't let anyone change the logo yeah. <laughs> or, or stray too far from the original colors, but like yeah. he's brought more colors and he's made things brighter. We've really defined the brand voice. So mm-hmm. I think it's also okay to just have a starting point and knowing like it's going to change. It's going to evolve. Mm-hmm sometimes it's going to be for the worse, but like in the long run, it'll be for the better and, and, and really build it as it goes. That's, that's, that's how I took it. Yeah. I think that's great advice because I, I love seeing like the evolution of a brand. And I think that that's awesome that you're being transparent and showing like, yeah, we started with this and now we're, you know, experimenting with more colors and just refining the little details of being just more, you know, um, detailed with it all and I love the brand I think like simple is the best and I yep. just feel like it's just so cute and you like want this on your counter like you know like in the kitchen in the bathroom when I say kitchen in the bathroom <laughs> and um, want to see that there in your store is so cute when did you open a storefront how has that been now since you know with everything going on or having the storefront there <laughs> yeah and just to touch on for the last question like this year we're doing a huge repackage so by the end of the year, you're going to see everything's elevated. So even with packaging, it's okay to be like, this is what I can do now. And yeah, it's better. It's exciting. Um, I see the, <laughs> the storefront's been great. The store really came to life because that's our new office location mm-hmm. um, is in Sunset Harbor. And I'm just like a huge community 
freak in many ways of literally like, well, we don't just want our office to be on the street front. Like we need to activate it for the people who live in the community. So there's a actually a space for them to walk in to enjoy shop or come to events. So that was a huge thing of not just having that street front be like the front doors to our office and having that really local community aspect. And then also for our Miami Beach Bum community of having them have a place, whether they live in Miami or they're visiting Miami, um, but they can actually come meet the team, try our products, take their Instagram selfies, like mm-hmm. all in real life. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lost leader for us. It's, you know, it's not a hugely scalable sales channel, but um, for me, I think it's just super important and and just bringing the brand to life, having that where you can walk in and you're like beyond just the product, like I'm experiencing the whole brand. Like you have this. For sure. I think it's very important. Like today's society, I guess, like having those like um, installations almost so like we want to go in there and see the brand and like take a cute photo for Instagram and I feel like as from a brand if I owned a product that I would be thinking the same thing like I want to have a place where people can come in and like have a cute vibe because it's so cute I'm obsessed with your mirror that's <laughs> the one thing I was like when I went in there I was like that mirror I've only ever seen it on Instagram I never had seen it in person I was like this is so freaking cute <laughs> did you did you did you get your instagram photo yes i got a cute photo i got (laughs) another one though i i didn't like it fully i was there at nighttime so i gotta go back and do it in daytime yeah it's so cute in there and the team was so nice and like you definitely feel that community energy when you walk in there it's so peaceful too and it smells great (laughs) no you know you are a busy person so i like to ask um, what is like your daily rituals, like morning, do you have a morning routine or a night routine? Cause I think as a entrepreneur or creator, you're a scientist, you do all these things. Like, what is it like? Like, do you have any specific morning routines that you stick to? <laughs> I wish I had a better answer for this. Um, I see all the Instagram girls making their matcha doing the yoga. I don't know how they yes. have time for it. <laughs> I have things I like to do to like stay healthy, but at the same time, I'm also a firm believer in like, don't do everything every day. Like I will cycle if I take a vitamin or something or a mm-hmm. supplement. Cause I want to make sure that my body's also not getting used to anything and producing as normal. Um, like a typical morning for me is like w- waking up, brushing hair, brushing teeth, moisturizing, and like, that's as detailed as it gets. Yeah. I, I actually don't love using products because I think your skin or your hair can perform a lot of its own natural functions. And maybe I'm lazy. I've just never had this like passion for it all. Uh, and then I, I really had to work. I'm like maybe a little work of a workaholic right now. So <laughs> for me, it's also in. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people right now are like glamorizing like the morning routine where it's literally the same thing, like a formula. And everyone is doing the same thing. And it's like, you don't need to do that to be successful. Like, not at all. I need to wake up at 5 a.m. and have been to the gym, have read a whole book, have, you know, done a cold plunge or what all the things. Like, you don't need to do that to be successful. But I just love asking, like, what is a morning routine for someone, you know, like you in your your space? Because a lot of people like I think are interested in that. I think it's nice that you're so honest and be like, you really don't have one. That's okay. Yeah. 
I do have like in the afternoon, I, I always come home at a certain time so I can walk my dogs. We do like mm-hmm. a nice three, four mile walk. And at that time, I'll also do um, a workout if I didn't get to like go to Pilates or yoga during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also just kind of for me, like dinner's always been a moment to socialize with friends or spend time with my husband. So mm-hmm. I also find myself leaning more towards a nighttime routine. It's mm-hmm. like, it's when I shower. So, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's, yeah, exactly what you're saying. It's like, it's okay to not have a routine as long as you're treating your body well and eating well mm-hmm. and getting exercise and, mm-hmm. and taking care of yourself, you know, mm-hmm on a a more of a weekly basis than maybe daily. So, so I'm a, I am not a ritual girl, sadly. (laughs) And even though everyone thinks like you're a beauty founder, you must be, you must, you must have a whole product routine and and do the morning yoga and the matcha and the this and the that. (laughs) You're like, no, no, actually. But I think that's cool. Like in that routine, because I have found myself in that area too. Like, I love like, okay, at this time, I'm going to close my computers and I'm not going to work gonna make some dinner and sometimes like I've said in the past on the podcast and stuff that like cooking is like my meditation like I love to cook and just like not talk to anyone and I don't know about you but like when you're cooking you know you're just like coming up with things and doing it like for me it's just like I don't have to talk to anyone <laughs> I just cook and it's like a creative space I don't know for me that's like a meditation for me <laughs> I envy that I cook a little bit because I feel like I have to to not always eat out yeah <laughs> but I'm like cooking's like as simple as it is yeah. the best for me <laughs> um so to kind of wrap things up a little bit what has been like your greatest inspiration for Miami Beach Bum if, if you have one like a muse or inspiration in the brand great question I feel like my whole life everyone asks who's your role model mm-hmm. and I never have a particular person or a good answer um but I think for us, a great inspiration has been just living in this time where we see women doing things, mm-hmm. going to school, going to graduate school, being in politics, being CEOs of companies, starting companies. And I think mm-hmm. it's something that we probably take for granted just kind of growing mm-hmm. up in the 90s and the 2000s where mm-hmm. it's kind of been normalized. And especially in the beauty industry, I think it's just a huge inspiration to see like customers want authentic female founders and women led mm-hmm. brands and beauty. So it's, it's really, I'm really existing in this space where it's, mm-hmm. where it's wanted and, and it's so rewarding having your own company. Cause you know, you're really having the ability to build not just what your company and your future looks like, but what your life looks like, like picking the office location to be where I like to eat lunch and where I like to do, you know, yoga or workout mm-hmm. and, And even if I'm working more than I probably would ever work for another company, you know, I I don't have to ask anyone to work from home or go on vacation. So it's, it's really reaping your own benefit. So I think a big inspiration for me has just been being able to manifest every little detail of my life. And even if it's a lot of hard work, um, hopefully in the end, it's, it was the right career decision. Yeah. I think that's super inspiring, inspiring what you said of just, you got to kind of manifest this life for yourself. And it is something that we take for granted. Like we have so many women owned businesses now. And that's what I'm doing with just begin is I love interviewing other women owned founders women businesses, because 
Like I love hearing the stories of how people started their business and how like the challenges that they face. So I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge of me and everything um, and how you started Miami Beach Bum. And so my last question is, do you have any exciting things coming with Miami Beach Bum? Is there any new products coming out? You just kind of want to shout out here. Um, <laughs> <who's> listening. <laughs> so we are doing this repackage across the board. So everything right now, our jars are PCR plastic. Every product this um, by the summer is going to be made from PCR plastic packaging. So it's all post-consumer mm-hmm. waste and we're not making any virgin material. So that's a huge one for us this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're re as I said, we're doing that repackage. So a lot of our products that you're like mm-hmm. a great product, but like what's up with this packaging, it's going to finally be super cute and super Instagrammable, mm-hmm. all of them. Um, and our big launch this year that I'll, my marketing team will be like, why are you spilling that tea? But we are launching um, a sun care line this summer. Oh, really? Um, so we're, everyone wants it from us. They expect it from us. They think we have it. So we're going to give it to them. Um, we have some really unique ingredients that we featured in there. And it's, it's kind of like a sun care formula that you've never seen before. So we're all super like anxiously waiting for that to get manufactured in it. Actually, when I was there, I asked um, one of the girls, like, do you have sunscreen? (laughs) Because I I want some. I was like, you probably have some. That's probably really good and smells really good. (laughs) So it's coming. It's coming soon. (laughs) That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time for doing this. I learned a lot. And, you know, for everyone, where can they find you? Your personal Instagram, if you want, or just maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can find us both at Miami Beach Bum on Instagram. And then also mine is O-O-O-Asa. Don't mm-hmm. ask me why. I've just had it. I've had it for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can follow. And it was so nice meeting you. And thank you for having me. And always uh, we'll send you a little thank you gift. And always think of me for future things. Of course. Thank you so much. All right. Bye.